All right. Um, well, just a little bit about um, myself. I graduated from UMHB um, not too long ago, and I was a public relations major, never thought that I would be a pastor. My dream job was to be a wedding planner, um, but the Lord wanted me to be here, and so we're here. Um, uh, that's my husband back there, Aaron. We have been married a year and three days. Um, it's been a blast. I, I played volleyball at UMHB for three years. I don't know what else is exciting. Um, we're really into plants right now. So if you want to talk plants with me. Um, I'm also a very normal person, and I don't want you guys to be afraid of me. Like, I want to talk about life with y'all. Um, I want to get coffee with you and talk about the things that are awesome in your life and the things that are really challenging. Uh, so please don't be afraid or scared to reach out to me and talk, because um, I would love to get to know you better. Uh, that's my job, and it's awesome. Uh, so this semester, we are going to be journeying through Genesis 1 through 11, and how Vespers works is you're sitting around tables for a reason, because I'm going to get to talk about the text a little bit, and then I'm going to give you some time to talk about it with the people at your table. Uh, and I really, really hope that Vespers can be a place for you to have fun, for you to grow deeper in relationships with people, and then also deepen your relationship with the Lord. Um, and I know reading scripture and the Bible can be intimidating, and so I hope, um, my hope is that we learn how to read it together and talk about it well together and ask good questions together. So it's going to be a really fun semester. I'm super excited. Uh, I took, a, I'm in seminary right now too, fun fact. Um, took a class on Genesis earlier this summer, and I have another one on Genesis this semester, so... I'm going to get to bring a lot of what I'm learning. Um, but so in Genesis 1 through 11, these, these chapters are some of those most familiar chapters in the Bible. Uh, even if you didn't grow up reading the Bible or going to church, you might be familiar with the story of Adam and Eve or the story of Noah and the flood or the Tower of Babel. So these are some really familiar stories that we're going to be going through this semester. But they are also arguably the most misunderstood stories in scripture. But these stories are super important to understand because they are the beginning. They're our origins. They're where we come from. And they set the tone for our relationship with the creator. And they set the scene with how we, how we live on earth today. So we're going to try our best to understand these stories a little bit better together this summer. But I first want to ask, um, how should we read this text? How do we read Genesis 1 through 11? And that's an important question to ask anytime you open a new book of the Bible. How do we read this? Um, also, I have journals for you. Th those journals on the middle of the table are for you if you want to take notes. My hope is that you can take notes and bring them back each week and continue to learn, um, help you remember things. If you're not a note taker, no pressure, but those are for you. Um, so how should we read this text? So has anybody ever been out of the country before? Raise your hand if you've been out of the country. Maybe not recently because of travel restrictions. Okay, so even if you haven't been out of the country, I want you to think about a time or about a place where you would want to go. Okay, so imagine your trip or where you want to go, and I want you to think about what type of tourist you want to be. Do you want to be the type of tourist that comes in and brings your culture with you and just forces it into their culture? 
Or do you want to be a tourist that immerses yourself in the culture that you're stepping into? Well, if you want to be a good traveler, hopefully your desire is to immerse yourself into their culture. Like if you're going to the UK and you try and drive on the right side of the road, it's going to be a literal train wreck. You need to submit yourself to their ways of driving and drive on the left side of the road. Or if you go to Honduras um, and go to a restaurant and try and order a good American cheeseburger, you're probably going to be a little bit disappointed and your stomach might hurt a little bit as well. Instead, you should order the food that is delicious and special to their culture. Okay, so it's important for us to immerse ourselves in the cultures that we're stepping into. And we want to do the same thing as we step into Genesis 1 through 11 this semester. We want to immerse ourselves in the culture we're stepping into. And then, and only then, can we start to ask the questions about what does this mean for our life today. So, how do we read this text? Is Genesis 1 through 11, is it a myth? Did the original authors intend it as a myth? Or is it like a historical textbook? Or is it a guide for science? Um, what I first want to say is that these chapters are true. We believe that the Bible is true and authoritative, but that does not mean that these are 100% literal. Okay, so these are memories that we get to lean into um, with an open hand. Uh, Genesis 1 through 11 started as oral traditions, so that means that the people, generation after generation, were passing down these stories um, from pe person to person until finally one day they decided to write it down. So I want you to just imagine, like, think of these people sitting around a fire one night and saying, where did we come from? What does the beginning look like? How did we get here? So there's these people that started these oral traditions and started to process the beginning, and then finally they wrote it down. Um, but I think that theologian Walter Brueggemann explains this really well, how we should read this text. He says, it's a story that displays, is a, it's a story that displays a scandal of concreteness by the freedom of imagination and by the passion of hearing. Okay, so I think this is a really helpful lens for us to look through this semester as we're reading this text. First, knowing that it's concrete, because it's true, it's about real people, and it's about events that are irreversible. But it's also imaginative. It's written by the freedom of imagination. It can be told in more than one way, and depending on who the hearer of the story is, they might receive it in a different way. And then lastly, when we hear and listen and lean into these stories, we need to do so with passion. Because these texts matter to us. They matter to us just as much as the original audience. And that should make us passionate about reading these stories together. Because they teach us about who God is and God's kind intentions towards us. So I know like, this might be a little bit confusing. Like, how do we read this with concreteness and imagination and passion? But bear with me. We're going to keep unpacking this as we go. But the number one thing that I want us to understand as we journey through Genesis 1 through 11 is that we should do so with an open-handed posture, ready to receive. So let's start in Genesis 1, 1 through 3. 
the very beginning. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. It's going to be on the screen. Genesis 1, 1 through 3, and see if we can get a better understanding of how we're supposed to read with this open-handed posture. So it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So in the beginning, there was God, there was the Spirit, and there was the spoken word of God, right? And guess what was not in the beginning? Us, humans. We weren't in the beginning. So to think that we can flawlessly wrap our minds around exactly how the beginning worked is crazy. It's insane because we weren't there. So does that mean that what we have here in this text, does that mean these stories are not true? No, no, there's hope to understand it. So let's turn to John 1, 1. John 1, 1. And I did not know Austin would also be talking about this on Sunday. So if you were here, you got a little sneak peek. Um, but my Bible says, um, has a little subscription above the text. It says, the word became flesh. And then John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Okay, so I'd encourage you to, on your own time, go and finish reading this chapter, but that little subscription helps us understand that the word became flesh, and the word was there in the beginning, and so that word that became flesh is who? Jesus. So that means Jesus has existed since the beginning of time. So who do we have in the beginning? God, the Spirit, and Jesus. So what we can understand about the beginning, what we know is true, is that the Trinity has existed from the beginning of time. And that is what we should lean into. This is the truth that we should hold on to. And the beautiful thing about Jesus being there from the beginning of time is that he teaches us the posture that we're supposed to have. Like, how do we know anything about the beginning? How do we even know that there was a spoken word? We listen and we receive. You see, the word is what we listen to. We listen to words, right? So we listen and we receive. We are in the middle of this giant story. Okay, so we can't completely understand the beginning and we don't know the end. So what do we do while we're in the middle? We sit with a posture ready to receive what God has for us. Okay, so for my first question for us tonight to talk about is, what surprised you about the beginning? What surprises you about the beginning? Ready? Talk about it. And then we are going to have a chance to discuss as a big group. So spend a minute talking about it with your group. What surprised you about the beginning? Anyone want to share with the big group? Let's talk about it. What surprised us about the beginning? A lot surprised me when I was studying this, so... Noah has a mic for whoever wants to talk. Come on. Adrian? You can now always count on Adrian to come through. Um, I guess kind of what our group settled on um, was just in the beginning, God created. Um, so, like, 
I mentioned some of my favorite things about life, period. It has to be music and just artsy things. And like from the very beginning of time, like that is what God decided to display. Mm -hmm. It was just like this, I don't know if he thought it or I don't know if he was maybe influenced, I mean, by he and himself. <laughs> was just like, you know, we're, I am, we are going to make this. Like, we're just going to, and just like art happened. Yeah. And like he just created. So that was yeah. cool. It's pretty awesome. I don't really have many words for it other than awesome. But. You're on deck. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that was brought up at our table was the fact that he created it all. You know, he's everything. Why create anything for us? Why make us? Why at all? Mm -hmm. um, that was kind of a question that we had. Um, that was kind of a collective, yeah, you know, why? It's kind yeah. of neat. Yeah, I love it. Just I, I want y'all to start asking why. Like, what? It's crazy. <clears throat> Ashley? Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley. So what we were talking about at our table was that um, it really surprised us that through all of this creating everything that he took the time and wanted to have a relationship with us and knows all of our name, like, and our heart and everything and what we're thinking and we just thought it was so special that he wants to have a relationship with us through all of this. Yeah. Yes, it is very special. I love that. One more. Okay, hi, I'm Sophia. <laughs> What we talked about in our group is that what surprised us was that, like, Jesus was in the beginning, because I grew up in a Catholic household, family. I went to Catholic private school. Don't recommend it. <laughs> um, but, like, what I was taught, it was God and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was never a part of that. So when you said that, I was like, whoa, I never thought of that. And now I'm, like, wondering why they never told me that. Because, like, that, like, it should have been thought of that he was there as well, but he wasn't yeah. when I was learning. So that was pretty cool. Well, I think it's something that, like, we often, like, I, I grew up um, in a non-denominational non church, like, my whole life. And I didn't recently, like, put together that Jesus was also in the beginning. I mean, for me, like, for most of us, probably it's, like, Jesus came into existence from the Virgin Mary, right? So it's crazy to think that he was also part of creation. Okay, so, good. Great thoughts, everybody. Y'all are, are good at this. We'll keep getting better. Um, so, we won't read every part of Genesis 1 through 11 word for word, but I think that it's really important that we go ahead and read through the whole creation story because, it, again, it sets the tone for everything. Um, so we're going to read through it together. It's going to be up on the screen. So follow along. Stay with me. I'm going to try and read quickly. But this is an awesome story, and we need to read it. So we're starting back in verse 1. 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. God called the vault sky, and it was so. Um, There was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let the dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and gathered the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater to govern the day and the lesser to govern the night. He also made stars. He set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures. Let birds fly above the earth across the vaults of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the waters teems according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind. I like the goats. I think they're fun. (laughs) And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath of life, In it, I give every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. 
So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Okay. We can thank Russell for all the fun um, pictures behind it to go with it. Um, So we just read the creation rhythm. We read God's creation story of the earth. You see the world... We know it as being formed. So what do, what do we hear this phrase that God says over and over again? What's the phrase we hear over and over again that God's proclaiming? And it was good. And God saw that it was good. So from the land and the sea and the plants and the birds and the trees and me and you, God declared it good. Y'all, the only reason that anything in creation is good is because God declared it so. Any goodness in me, any goodness in any of you, is because God looks at you and declares you good. So, throughout um, Genesis 1 through 11 and the whole Bible, spoiler alert, we're going to see this tension of God giving humans the ability to flourish in this good world that he created for them. But then humans deciding to define good for themselves, which then separates them from God. Okay, so we're going to get to that later. But today I want us to focus on the fact that God deems the earth good, and that is something that we should celebrate. This is good news. God creates delight. Delight is structured into the creation of the world. God created reality with delight in mind, kind of like Adrian was talking about. Like, he was creative. He didn't just create this boring black and white and gray world. Like, he created this elaborate, beautiful, flourishing world. So many of y'all are in syllabus week, right? You just started your classes, um, and you can quickly tell if a teacher has created your course with delight in mind. Some of you are like, how can you ever have a course with delight in mind? But you can quickly tell if your professor enjoys what they're teaching and wants you to enjoy it too. Or you can also quickly tell if um, it's going to be a really boring class and they are just teaching it because they have to. And then it would probably be boring for you as well. But when God created the course of the world, he created it with delight in mind. He created it to be good. He delights in the birds and the flowers. He delights in me and you. So my next question that I want us to talk about is, have you questioned God's goodness in the world? Have you questioned God's goodness in creating you? Talk about it, explain, and it's okay if the answer is yes. So ready, break. All right, let's talk about it. What do you got? Cutter? <laughs> uh, so what I said for um, like for me like uh, 
I don't doubt the goodness in like creation ever, but like any time when I was a kid, I was like going through trouble or seriously, I was having a fight with either my mom or my dad or my sibling. I was like, <laughs> sorry, I was like, hi. Am I here? Like, why am I going through this? Why is it me? Why was I brought to earth? And all that stuff. So, yeah. 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 It's like as soon as something like gets disordered, we start to question, right? Yeah. What else? Hi, I'm Kaylin, um, if we haven't met. But um, our table, we had some really good thoughts. Short answer is yes to both. But um, we've talked about a lot how our world tends to dwell on the negative things that happen. We don't ever look for the good side of things. And that causes us to do it to ourselves, where mm-hmm. we're constantly like, well, this person is so good. Like, I want to live up to them when we should be living up to what God has expectations for us. And we should be looking to be more like Christ, not like others. Yeah. Yeah, the comparison game really makes things tricky. Yeah, that's good. We've got a few. So uh, this is something that kind of goes hand in hand with this question for me. But sometimes, you know, not just questioning the goodness of God, but questioning, you know, how can a good God exist Mm. in, you know, a world where all these tragedies happen, you know, cancer, poverty, stuff like that. Yeah. And so it's like not even just questioning the goodness of God, but questioning the existence of God himself. Yeah. Thank you for talking about that. Yeah, that's very fair. There's a lot of death and hard stuff. Hey, oh my gosh, that was loud. (laughs) Hi guys, I'm Annika. Um, We kind of just talked about how like sometimes it's hard to just have clarity on what goodness even is because the world defines goodness as something completely different than what God defines it as and I think we get wrapped up in that because the world defines goodness as like being known like your name being talked about on campus like being popular getting that achievement getting that award but like God deems us good from the beginning as it says in Genesis and like we just have to come as we are there's there's nothing we have to bring to the table it's just God wants us like to come as we are and the world just doesn't like allow us to do that anymore and so I think it's confusing and like hard to like decipher which goodness like you're experiencing because like is it the goodness of the world or is it the goodness of God and so just like learning how to like decipher the two and yeah. rest in the goodness yeah, of God that's right I mean that, there's quite the battle there and we all fight it every day hello again um we had really good conversations definitely both questions were answered yes um and I don't know why, but I was just looking over verse 27 and 28 again, and it's the only part, it's whenever he's talking about God created man and humans, it's the only part where God blesses something. Mm. Um, It said, then God blessed them, humans. He didn't bless anything else. He didn't tell birds to govern other birds. He (laughs) told humans to govern the earth. Um, And so, kind of reminding yourself the same God that created the sunset that you go admire at 8.30 whenever it is at Belton Dam made you mm. to govern over it and blessed you above that. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's awesome. I mean, I think it is, like Annika said, we're like super hard on ourselves a lot of the times, and we can admire other things in God's creation, but not accepting that like, God says we're good too. We don't have to be so hard on ourselves. David? Um, so it kind of goes along with what the last person was saying, but um, this whole like looking at the goodness of God's creation, um, I'm an avid hiker. I love that. But being alone in the woods and just seeing like the trees, the rivers, the sunset, the mountains, and how can you not see the goodness in mm-hmm. his creation? It's untouched by humankind up there. And it made me think of Psalm 8, um, verses like three through the end, but it just basically says, when I look at your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor, and you have given him dominion over the works of your hands. And then it goes on to list Mm -hmm. all of his creation. And God has created us, and he put his creation in our hands. He's trusted us with that. And and that's his goodness in our lives, I would say. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Hello. Yeah, I think stepping into God's creation can be an antidote to getting caught up with all the things of the world and stepping into the purity of what God has created is good. Uh, hi, my name is Davis. Uh, first time I talk, so a little nervous. <laughs> so, and, and that, uh, your question reminds me something important. That's a, uh, when you question something, it means you build your mindset on it. When you build mindset on it, it means you're thinking and you care about it. That's why you question about it. And important thing what to, I want to mention that a, before I believe God, I, would, I wouldn't win that question where we come from and where the world is. And when, after I believe God, and God answered me everything, like how God, how, how, how God raised the world, how God raised us. So that's so important what to share. Yeah, thank you for sharing. God's pretty cool. Okay, Abby, you know, be our last one. Right here. Come on, Aaron. I thought I was going to have to yell. <laughs> um, we kind of just talked about how, like, in the moments of, like, pain and darkness, when things aren't going really well in your life, that's kind of like, it's, we kind of compare it to, like, a game of tug-of-war. Mm-hmm. The last thing you want to do, sometimes it feels like, is, like, lean into God's lightness and think about the things of the future and, like, how this is supposed to affect you in that moment. And we kind of just talked about how, though, and sometimes, like, you know, like I just said, you don't want to do that, when you actually turn back and do do that and look into the lightness of the world, you feel so much more relief and it's like a burden taken off your shoulders. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about that because we were talking about all of our different experiences and everything. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, when we can take a minute to slow down and just acknowledge and practice being thankful, it definitely relieves some of that burden. Good, okay, so I do think when we've all acknowledged this that um, it's really hard sometimes to... Um, read this pure pre-sin creation narrative of this beautiful world and believe that it's still true today. It's really hard because we, like we acknowledge there's, there's sin and there's this tension um, with what the world says is good and there's brokenness and there's evil and there's pain and there's death. But what we have to remember is God still looks at us and that means that there is goodness. God has chosen not to turn his back on us, 
And that means that there is still goodness in the world. So that's what we're going to attempt to understand this semester as we journey through Genesis 1 through 11. Our series is called, And It Was Good, because we're going to acknowledge that there is evil and sin and brokenness and death in our world, but we still need to find God's goodness because it exists. It's alive and well today, just like it was since the beginning of time. But I also want to acknowledge that it's okay if you've entered into this space and you're like, it's really hard for me to believe that God is good. It's really hard for me to believe that God was good when he created me. Because there's stuff going on in my life that I would have not chosen for myself. Or I see all the pain and the evil in the world. And how is God good? But we're going to hopefully journey through Genesis 1-11 through 11 this semester and acknowledge that God is good. God continues to show up and God has not turned his back on us. Um, And even when it seems like the enemy is winning, there is hope, and we must choose to believe that God is good and he is working all things together for our good. Okay, let's pray. God, I thank you for everyone who's chosen to be here tonight and give up their Wednesday night to fellowship with believers and to draw closer to you. God, There's uh, so much going on in our world, so much that's trying to distract us and rob our joy, and there's lies that the world is trying to feed us, but God, we need you to remove all that and to help us see and believe in our core that you are good and that you care deeply about us. So God, I pray that this will be a space that we can be honest and vulnerable and release our burdens and just enjoy and be passionate about soaking up your word. We love you so much in your name. Amen. Well, thanks for being here tonight. Um, This is fun. I hope you enjoyed it. A few things before you go. Next week, we'll be right back here for Vespers. Uh, We'll have a meal at 7 again and then worship at 7.30. um, And we will be jumping into chapter 2. We're also going to backtrack a little bit and talk about what it means to be made in the image of God. Um, Two other things. Like I said at the beginning, we had small group leaders here, and small groups are a really important part of what we do here at the Vista. I mean, Vista is a pretty big church, um, so if you don't invest in a smaller group of people, it's going to be really hard to be um, known and go deeper in the word and to be able to share your struggles. I mean, this is a really good start. This is a taste of small groups, but we have an opportunity for you to go expand that with um, awesome adults who want to pour into you. They will also be going through what we're going through, just taking it a little bit further. Um, so get involved in a small group. You can find all the information on those at thevista.tv slash college. And then secondly, if you want to help out and serve on our college host team, um, we would love to have you join the team. That means that you will get to come early and help serve meals and just um, it's a way to bless your peers and it's going to be a really fun team. Cutter is on the team, um, and Nolan will be leading that, uh, and he will get more information to you soon. So if you want to be on that team, why don't you go talk to Cutter and let him know, and then he will get me a list. But thank you for being here. 
and have a blessed, oh, also this Sunday, after the 11.45 service. So 11.45 service, um, if you can come to that, that's our college service. Um, We want to try and all sit together like on that side of the room. If you choose to go to another service, it's okay. But no, we'll have people over there. And then afterwards, this Sunday, we're going to have an after church lunch with our college students and young adults. Um, So we'll have free lunch and just hang out and have fun. Now you're dismissed. Go in peace. (laughs)